You're listening to Wonderland, Episode 6, Forget-Me-Not. Welcome back to Wonderland Podcast, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Jenny. And I'm Aaron. We're happy to have you with us as we discuss this episode, Forget Me Not. This is my favorite episode so far of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. Same here. Because I felt like up until this point, these episodes were just kind of like, let's have fun and adventure in Wonderland sort of thing. Like, yes, moving the story along, but not really having those twists and turns. And then mm-hmm. at the end of this, it was like, wow, that's a good twist. I yeah. like that. Yeah, I Or, agree. you know, 20 minutes in, it was a good twist. <laughs> 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 if you recognize voices easily. Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> so let's start talking about Enchanted Forest. We'll split up our discussion between these two worlds, which is similar to what we do with our Once Upon a Time podcast over at oncepodcast.com. But we'll start out in the Enchanted Forest. And it said a few years ago yeah. in Enchanted Forest. Very in non-committal. Forest. <laughs> yes, but timeline-wise, I'm thinking this is before the events of the Once Upon a Time episode, Lacey, which is where Robin Hood steals the magic wand from Rumpelstiltskin. The reason I think that is... But this is after Robin Hood's facelift. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) The reason I think that way is how it works out is because in this episode... Robin is very against magic, and he's all about hanging with his buddies. There's no mention of his oh. wife, no mention of his son, mm. nothing like that. Good but point. where is his son? He's then? acting like a bachelor. Oh, wait, so you're saying before. Yet. Yes, 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 yeah, I get it. Yeah. And, I'm with you now. And also, at the <laughs> near the end of the episode in Enchanted Forest, when Robin Hood confronts Will as Will is leaving the camp, Robin says something like, are you, are you, he goes through this list of reasons why Will might have wanted the magic. And he says, is it for a woman? It's for a woman, isn't it? He, he basically pinpoints it on, you must have done this for a woman. That is the only reason I could see someone, anyone ever doing this. And even <laughs> when some questions were tweeted to Adam Horowitz, as well as Sean McGuire, who plays Robin Hood, they both pretty much confirmed, yeah, this is, this seems like it's before the whole Maid Marian thing, because when your loved one is sick, that can make you resort to desperate measures. Mm-hmm. So timeline-wise, then that places this probably a few years before the curse. So to these people, it feels like a few years ago because of the whole 28 years of locked time from Regina's curse. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It works at least for now, unless we have more context clues later. Yeah. Yeah, because Robin Hood's not in Once Upon a Time. He's not traveling with Mary. Ma- oh, yes, he is. Never mind. Disregard. <laughs> 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 we didn't see him the last time we saw him with very many Mary men. 
at right. first through yeah. most of the episode, so I forgot. Yeah, in in Once Upon a Time, in the episode Quite a Common Fairy, he's much more remorseful and it's it's a more solemn state for him than here he's all jolly he's laughing with all of his buddy friends True. they're joking all of this i like your logic <laughs> does that logic work with the um bell being imprisoned for that many years i think so because going back to the episode where we saw bell's prison cell which was queen of hearts in Once Upon a Time, the notches on the walls add up to about three and a half years. And a few years ago, I mean, how many is a few? Is it three? Is it six? Is it seven? In my mind, I have this def- definition that a few can be three to five, because two is a couple, six is half a dozen, several is seven to nine. Because several sounds like seven. <laughs> it does. I mean, that's just in my mind. I know that few could really mean any of those. But so I'm thinking this is maybe five years ago. So this would be maybe a year, year and a half before Bell. Okay. So that's once upon a time. Let's talk about Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I wondered if the first character that we saw being stolen from by the Merry Men was anyone important. Do you know? It was odd because all of those people looked sort of american colonial which is not a style of dress we've ever seen in the enchanted forest before so it almost is like maybe a foreshadowing of another story they're going to tie in honestly with the fact that severed heads can be alive in wonderland might we see the headless horseman at some point because that's what that all looked like to me this the coach coming through the mist and the dark and the colonial looking people were you waiting to see a a blazing jack-o'-lantern or something (laughs) (laughs) it didn't happen but yeah the it felt like maybe the guy in the coach could be somebody we'll see again maybe I wonder if we'll get to see Will's acrobatic skills again, because he was the one that brought the gold into the camp. So I'm guessing he was the one who zipped down, grabbed the chest, and climbed back up. Mm -hmm. He was lowered. Yeah, or lowered. Yeah, depending on, you know, if if he's Batman. (laughs) If he had a motorized pulley, this changes everything. (laughs) But... They did say that he was one of the Merry Men for life. Because they said for life, I wonder if he's going to end up back in that group or that's going to come into play again later. Remind me never to try a secret handshake with Robin Hood Mm -hmm. because he tends to use a knife. (laughs) It was kind of gross. And Will was just kind of like, ah, I'm like, you just sliced open his hand. I think I'd object more than he did. I think I would, uh, yeah, I think I would react (laughs) a little bigger. (laughs) So his name is Will Scarlet. And what's the significance of that name? Ooh. So I looked up Will Scarlet and found that he was traditionally a prominent member of Robin Hood's Merry Men. He liked fancy clothes and was as skilled with swords as Robin was with a bow. He hmm. was often depicted as the youngest member on the band. Interesting. 
see, I didn't realize when they first gave us the name Will Scarlet. I thought, oh, that's, I mean, after watching the episode in full, mm-hmm. I thought, oh, Will Scarlet Red Queen. I uh. thought, ha ha, that's, that's kind of funny. I'll oh. tie that in together. But then Jenny <laughs> yeah. found this research that, or knew this, that Will Scarlet was actually one of them. Wow. Very cool. I did not know that. Robin Hood, however, is the first person to have a major role in both shows, mm-hmm. as a side note. That's a good point. So I wonder, does that mean that we will see Will end up back with the Merry Men at some point in another flashback? Well, that's what I was wondering a little bit. Or with in the, the future somehow. Oh, okay. Just, yeah. Well, in the future, that's why I brought up the, uh, he's one of the Merry Men for life mm-hmm. thing, because I wonder if that could come into play again in the future. Do you think there was any magic, like, at all involved with the uh, slicing of the hand and saying that he was a merry man for life? Not the way Robin Hood talked about magic, I would say. Probably not. Because he said all magic mm-hmm. isn't worth it. Yeah, Robin is very against magic. I think the blood thing was just a kind of like spitting in your hand and shaking someone else's hand. Or there are many groups that might have something like that where it's... Don't do both. You have to shed blood <laughs> together or you mix your blood or, you know... Yeah. Might get diseases. It was very Klingon. I wonder if Robin Hood was recast because of this idea. Because I remember that, um, I think it was Jennifer Morrison tweeted an answer to a question a couple of weeks ago that she could not appear in Once Upon a Time in Wonderland because of contract issues oh oh weird so i wonder if they had to recast him to kind of like rewrite his contract so that he would be able to appear in both shows i had heard that the original actor and i can't remember his name now but the original actor for robin hood from the episode lacy of once upon a time was simply not available for this episode for once upon a time going forward as they used him again Hmm. and i would assume the same thing applied here but yeah the contract thing is uh, good question. I'd love Tom, to know more about that. Tom Ellis. Thank you, Obi's girl in the chat room for pointing that out. Tom Ellis was the original Robin Hood from Once Upon a Time. But the the guys are going to steal from Maleficent's Castle, which is the only place in the area where <laughs> they haven't stolen from. And it's at the top of the Forbidden Mountain. Yes. <laughs> Same castle from Once Upon a Time. It was awesome to see that again. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of Once Upon a Time crossovers in this. I am yeah. going to split a hair for a moment. <laughs> not the White Rabbit. So don't worry. This is not going to get disgusting. I know what you're going to say. Do you? <laughs> yes. Because you're looking at my notes? No, because I, <laughs> I saw you. Because he knows you. Oh. <laughs> yes. I grew up saying Maleficent, not Maleficent. And that's the only pronunciation I can find when I look it up. So I don't know why suddenly everybody's saying it with an I instead of an E. It's like calling your bed your bid. I think it's because um, the first time we met Maleficent, she said, I'm Maleficent. Maybe that's And that's kind of stuck. Maybe. I was actually planning to pronounce it both ways. Were you? Yes. (laughs) You could just... Just cover my bases. Looking at the way it's spelled, you could say male-ficient or something but uh, yeah i even found a clip if anybody's interested maybe we'll put it in the show notes of the original disney movie and somebody saying maleficent Mm. so anyway i just wanted you all to maybe feel a little bit of my pain every time i hear it pronounced differently speaking of if you don't already (laughs) why do you think she said that 
the magic mirror, the looking glass it took would only bring him misery. Do you think she knew? I don't know. That's a really good question. Yeah. Do you know what's interesting about her and that whole message? She has always, except when she was fighting Charming at one point in Once Upon a Time, other times we've seen her, she seems like she doesn't, she's not in a big hurry to go hurt people. Yeah. She talked to them at their camp and she was kind of like, keep the gold if you must. And then it was almost like it was in their best interest to give back the looking glass. Well, one of the theories that was shared in our forums over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash forums is that maybe Maleficent (laughs) was the one who cursed um, Maid Marian. And because Will stole and Will was part of the group, maybe because Will was gone, she Mm. cursed someone connected to the group and that's what got Maid Marian sick. That would change my outlook on it. (laughs) What is really cool, by the way, is even though we didn't get to see Maleficent, that was actually her voice that I we know wondering. from Once Upon a Time. Yeah. Kristen Bauer Van Stratton. Whoa, that's quite a name. Yeah. That is a that's, name. <laughs> I saw her name in the credits and I knew I recognized it, but I couldn't remember who it was. Yeah. I Very loved cool. familiar things like her voice and her castle. I loved that. Yeah. How do you think Will knew what the looking glass would look like or even that anastasia knew what it would do i think i think they'd been um thinking about this for a really long time or preparing for it for for a really Mm -hmm. long time because will basically just used the merriment and that took quite a lot of planning i mean he didn't just walk up and say hey i want to be a merriman today Merry man <laughs> today. <laughs> so let's go storm the castle. <laughs> yeah. So, and she seemed to know quite a lot about Wonderland. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, I think they'd invested a lot of thought in this. Well, I'm wondering if it's stuff that they've learned from somewhere or that all this time, Anastasia has been plotting. Yeah. And just playing a part. That was, she was so good as a good person. Although, that could be an act, and she could just be playing him. Yeah. Well, you know, that could that could be because he didn't know where they were going, and he didn't, he didn't know it didn't it didn't seem like he knew as much as she did about Wonderland and yeah it he could have been operating off of like a description that she gave him yeah of the mirror. It makes what he said to Alice when they first arrived in the pilot mean a lot more. When he said he hates Wonderland. Now we know a little bit more why. Uh, Yeah. Well, since we're on the topic of Anastasia, let's talk about her a little bit. Uh, Aaron, I know you had some things that you wanted to share, some background and information on the name and some other things about Anastasia. Yeah, I was just looking up. um, I thought maybe she could be some fairy tale character from a fairy tale that we don't know very well. Um, So I was just doing some research on it. Um, I didn't really find much other than what we've talked about, like the Disney version of Cinderella named um, the one of the stepsisters was named Anastasia. And then there's the whole the Russian princess. Um, But I also found out that there's a Marvel comic book character named Anastasia. And um, I think Disney owns Marvel. Is that correct? Yes, they do. Okay, so that's why that kind of rung a bell, just because I know that they've placed other kind of Marvel Easter eggs in 
um, in Once Upon a Time. But uh, the character is um, like she kind of even resembles like she's, well, blonde hair and blue eyes or whatever. Other than that, she doesn't, she's just a comic book character. But, mm-hmm. um, and arrogance, I just thought it was funny because arrogance is often a reason of defeat in the comic books for her. So I thought that was funny because the mm-hmm. Red Queen does come off as a very arrogant character. She does. Um, yeah, that's what I found out. Our listener, Allison, sent in some background on the real Anastasia. And it's nothing at all like the Fox cartoon. It wasn't a Disney cartoon, but it was made by uh, 20th Century Fox. <laughs> and she says, "In uh, let's see, you mentioned you were unfamiliar with the real Anastasia or the one of the animated movie. So here's a brief description. The Grand Duchess Anastasia Romanov was the fourth daughter of Nicholas II and Alexandra, the Tsar and Tsarina of Russia. She and the rest of her family were executed during the Bolshevik uprising in 1918. Though there have always been rumors of Anastasia's survival, since when the grave was exhumed, one of the girls' bodies wasn't found. Over the, over the decades, several women have come forth claiming to be the missing princess, but these have all been disproven. The remaining body was eventually found in 2007, and it is now confirmed that Anastasia was killed with the rest of her family. Hmm. The animated film, Anastasia, was produced and released by 20th Century Fox, which supposes that Anastasia managed to escape the attack of the palace and hit her head, giving her amnesia as to who she really was. Amnesia, Anastasia. I can see how it fits. (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) The con man, Dimitri, is the one who discovers her at first just to get money for reuniting her with her grandmother and for real once he discovers that she's the real princess reunites her with her grandmother who knows it's really her granddaughter thanks to a music box she gave anastasia when she was little and ultimately the two that's anastasia and dimitri fall in love and run away together after defeating the movie's villain rasputin the movie is extremely historically incorrect but i think fun another movie with the same title was made in 1956 starring ingrid bergman and yule Bimner. It follows a very similar plotline of the animated movie, but without the Rasputin character, though the movie never actually makes it clear as to whether or not she's the actual princess, though there are subtle hints that she is. And then last thing here from Allison is, Allison says, I'm not entirely sure how this story would fit in with the Wonderland plotline, though it would be interesting to see. I would like to say that I enjoy your podcast and the timeline. Big props, by the way, to Keb, who manages the timeline for us. And it's helping me get through the week while waiting for the new episodes to air. Mm-hmm. Keep up the good work from Allison. Thank you, Allison. Great research there. And thank you for yeah. providing all of that. Thank you. Um, that's Yul Brynner, by the way. Okay. I thought it, I wondered that, but I thought it was spelled differently. I thought so too, because I'd only ever heard it, not seen it. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> That's who Yul Brynner is. That's all he's really known for. Nice. <laughs> that and the Magnificent Seven. Which is very close to Maleficent Seven. <clears throat> but here's another idea that came in, or a few other ideas. Uh, Rumble's Girl pointed out in our forums at wonderlandpodcast.com slash forums that the name Anastasia means resurrection. And Rumble's Girl says... 
which I think ties into the Red Queen's overall story arc, that she'll be born again as Anastasia at some point in the series, reuniting with the Knave. Do you think what Anastasia and the Knave had was actual love, or was Anastasia using him? Because I think I feel like Will was genuine, but what yeah. about her? I don't know. Yeah. How evil is she? Right. That's the question. Mm-hmm. He, yeah, and his the things that he said later, it's hard to tell. He's obviously deeply hurt, but it's did she betray him after the fact did she like did she change or was she always playing him that is the question i'm wanting to think that that she had she might have had feelings for him i'm wanting to think that yeah i hope she's not (laughs) that good at acting maybe sweet and kind and in love yeah yeah maybe wonderland just changed her yeah I think there could be a very small clue that she didn't actually have feelings for Will. Was it her pink frock and her flowers in her hair? (laughs) (laughs) Not quite, but I did a lot of research on trying to figure out why does this look so familiar? And it's just that the character Aurora in the Disney movie Sleeping Beauty was, was the Disney princess for wearing a pink dress, but it's not quite the same as what she was wearing. So I, I... I don't know if there was any connection, but (laughs) but the little clue that I saw was just before Will and Anastasia jump through the portal into Neverland. They have this moment and Will looks at her and he says, I love you. And she says, I love you too. And they hug and they kiss and all that. (laughs) She pulls away. The camera focused on her hands, taking Will's hands off her waist and pushing him away a little bit. Very, very subtle, very hmm. small. Hmm. But that makes me think she's playing him. Interesting. Interesting. Because how else would she know so much about Wonderland? She, she didn't just know the name of it. She knows about Wonderland. She knows what's possible there. She knows what they could have there. Hmm. Interesting. And remember, Will referred to his relationship as that of a heartbreak mm-hmm. but didn't he also use the word betrayal maybe with when he was talking to grindel yeah right um no, I, I was thinking it was in last episode trust me that he said oh. something about he faced betrayal once before oh. i could, I could be. be mixing that up he says quite a lot of vague things <laughs> yeah uh yeah so it's still though it could be either way still did was she already betraying him or did she betray him later and really there are a lot of other questions there like how did he end up taken out of wonderland and she either didn't or she got back Hmm. that's a whole another thing too here's a great thought from slurpees 108 from our forums Maybe that Anastasia was Cora's student. And Cora, for anyone who doesn't watch Once Upon a Time, Cora became the Queen of Hearts inside of Wonderland after her daughter, Regina, who cast this curse that we often refer to. Regina pushed her mother, Cora, through the looking glass, and she ended up in Wonderland, somehow became the Queen of Hearts, 
and then left Wonderland. And Cora's thing was taking hearts. Mm-hmm. That's part of why the title fit so well. She was the queen of hearts. She <laughs> took everybody's hearts, it seemed. <laughs> everybody's heart. But here's what Slurpees 108 suggests. I don't think Will and Anastasia were ever married, even though they seemed to love each other. I think that Will Scarlet became the knave of hearts in the royal court of Wonderland, and Anastasia became a lady-in-waiting to the queen of hearts, or Cora. Mm. Since Cora did not have Regina in her clutches to mold and shape, Cora might have fanned the flame in Anastasia's heart so that power became increasingly more important to her, more than her love for Will. When Cora left Wonderland for the Enchanted Forest... Anastasia jumped at the opportunity to fill the power vacuum left by the Queen of Hearts' Mm. absence. Yet something happened between her and Will such that Anastasia didn't want to co-rule with him, and she grabbed all the power for herself. Since kings often held the power over their queens, then Anastasia might have been like Queen Elizabeth I, deciding not to marry. Mm. That's from Slurpees 108. That's really good, especially since everything else aside, if Cora is her teacher, one of Cora's primary messages was love is weakness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that lines up with what Will said later about the Red Queen. He wasn't really talking, uh, you know, directly about the Red Queen, but you could tell that he was speaking from that experience. And this is what he said to Grindel. He said, the Red Queen destroyed your life. You did what you had to to be with the woman you loved. There's no crime in that. The only crime was what she did to you. Mm. Yeah. So I'm thinking he was talking from his experience with Anastasia. Yeah. Another thought, and I didn't get the link, was someone suggested that maybe Anastasia took Will's heart, literally, like Cora would do, and Cora taught her how to do that. Mm. And yeah. Anastasia took it to show her loyalty to Cora. Oh. Interesting. Wow. But I'm liking the idea that there's <laughs> some connection between Anastasia and Cora, the Queen of Hearts. Well, now she knows that Will's working with Alice. So yeah. we'll see if that happened because I'm sure we'll see his heart. <laughs> yeah. If, you know, if that's true. Well, Alice got, helped Will get his heart oh, yeah, back. That's right. So he that's does right. have it. Okay. Yeah. So never mind. Another thing to support, um, Slurp, was it Slurpees 108, 108 yeah. who sent in that last story? Um, when in the Once Upon a Time episode, Queen of Hearts, when Regina is sending Hook into Wonderland to get Cora's heart, um, I just remember this line where she says, oh, don't worry, she'll find you, as if nobody can go into Wonderland and not be found by Cora. So if Anastasia and Will just show up in Wonderland, it's likely that if Cora was in power, she'd did find them just like when Hatter was in Wonderland, every kind of every person we've seen go into Wonderland has been pretty much immediately found by the queen of hearts. Yeah. One other random idea here is that maybe there's a connection with Anastasia and Jefferson, who is the mad Hatter from once upon a time. And fee suggested that maybe Anastasia was Grace's mother. So maybe hmm. some had some romantic relationship with Jefferson. <laughs> oh dear. Because <laughs> so complicated. In and Fee grabs some screenshots here of when Regina, this is from Once Upon a Time, Regina was holding 
the Mad Hatter's dolls, the Mad Hatter's daughter's <laughs> doll. <laughs> if you can follow all of that, and it was a doll with blonde hair and a pink dress, huh. and with flowers in its hair. Yeah. And how is Anastasia dressed when we see her in the end of this episode? A pink dress and the doll like even a has doll. white sleeves like Anastasia's. Interesting. That's Interesting. awesome. So it could be some family relationship there with Jefferson. It could. Wow. That one actually has my, for a little while, it's like everybody could have been Jefferson's daughter's mother. Well, our listeners but are brilliant. that one actually has merit. Yeah. Yeah. She seems so young though. Yeah. <laughs> like, how old is Grace? Is Grace, Grace is Henry's age, right? Uh, yeah. Well, roundabout. She's <laughs> I know. been in Storybrooke for 28 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but I if don't know. There was, yeah. If there was the connection with Jefferson, then that could be how she knew so much about Wonderland. That's true. Mm. But she could never get Jefferson to take her there, or maybe Jefferson realize that she was just using him or anything like that and we've got that great discussion going on in the forums we'll have a link to that in the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash six if you want to check that out as well as see that great screenshot comparison oh that would be awful to find out that anastasia has a history of using men (laughs) i i wouldn't be surprised she's using jafar she's using uh the white rabbit she's using the genie kind of but Although, she doesn't. Well, I take it back. I was gonna. I take it back before I even say it. I was gonna say she doesn't seem that skilled at it. I was gonna say that too. I think though that she's just a little out of her league with Jafar. I think, and she's catching up quickly. You're saying all the things that are in my head. <laughs> How are you doing that? <laughs> There's so much more to me than meets the eye. <laughs> um. The only other real thing that stood out to me in the Enchanted Forest. Was Maleficent's jar of eyeballs? <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of thought they were like a security camera for a Me second. Me too. <laughs> wow, you're still reaching into my head. <laughs> Stop yeah. that. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, shall we move on to Wonderland? Yeah, but before we do, I want to thank some people who have left some kind reviews for us in iTunes. Yeah, it's True Believer 14 from Canada. Oh, this is hard. Jill Foe from USA. <laughs> Arjun Torian from Norway. Elise973 from the USA. And Jilly Brews from the USA. Thank you so much for your iTunes reviews. They encourage us and they help other people find the podcast. So if you haven't left a review for us, please go to wonderlandpodcast.com slash iTunes. And we ask that you leave the reviews in iTunes because that's the most popular place for podcasts. But if you use something else to listen to podcasts and you could leave a rating or a review there, we'd really appreciate it. But especially if you could write a review on whatever site and especially iTunes, and that's at wonderlandpodcast.com slash iTunes. So let's move on to Wonderland. The first thing we see is the poster. And this time, the poster said what the Knave of Hearts was wanted for. We've seen that poster before. <laughs> but... I loved the first line. That is a handsome bloke. <laughs> what did they say about him? What did he say about himself? No. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was that. <laughs> 
I'm just wondering if at some point they're gonna he's gonna say they just can't get my nose right. Oh gosh, I would not be surprised. <laughs> that list of things he was wanted for posturing and imposturing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's very Wonderland like, really. It was. I liked it. <laughs> And as well as theft, fraud, gambling, disturbing the peace, and public nudity. <laughs> Yikes. But he said he was tied up to... A, yeah. I'm glad he clarified that. Yeah. Because that would have put him in a whole different light. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would have wanted them to keep a clothes horse on hand at all times. <laughs> yes. Maybe they should anyway. Speaking of clothes horse, I thought at the beginning of the episode that Alice had a different set of clothes on but no it was the same it just looked different in different light yeah i thought that first looked a different color yeah one of the first things that we learned about is this forget me not which is what this episode was kind of named after except without the k yeah i thought that was pretty clever because i was thinking forget me not just from the episode title which Uh, is all i knew about this episode well they've done that before with fairy yeah yeah just from the episode title i thought this would be a little bit more of the romantic story between Alice and Cyrus, because the tale of the forget me not flower is that there was some guy that was in love with some girl and he gave her a flower as he fell into a river and yelled, forget me not as he drowned. Something like that. Wow. And I know a bunch How of people, romantic. a bunch wow. of ladies are probably like, Daniel, you just butchered that. I'm sorry. <laughs> like that was my story. Exactly. They cry. <laughs> Wait. But so that's what I thought this episode would be about. But then they twisted it by it being K-N-O-T, mm-hmm. even though the episode is titled N-O-T. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So the knot lets you see the past of whatever you're, you're looking at through it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes, it does. The last thing that happened at that location, the last thing as very clearly demonstrated throughout the episode. So little side note here. I loved the episode, but honestly, what's the last thing that happened at the site where they buried the bottle? That's Alice true. and the knave found yes. it. Probably de- they it were probably there. depends what side you were standing on, though. Come oh, on. well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. It's like they stood there. They looked all around the hole. They slept there. So really, after all this, at the end of the episode, they should have seen themselves. That would have actually been a great end to the episode. They're like, <laughs> oh, man. Oops. Oh, we went through all that. And all we see is what we already knew. <laughs> But that didn't happen, and that's okay, but... Maybe they had to direct it with their thoughts. And maybe they shouldn't have said the last thing. It kind of seemed like what the Grendel was doing with it was revisiting the same scene over and over. Yeah, but as soon as something else happened in the room, he was like, she's gone. Well, Unless you think that was a mindset thing. Yeah, I think it was. Because of what Will said. Hmm. Because he looked through it and then he saw the like the battle that happened behind it, right? Yeah. Which to me just reinforced the idea that it was the last thing that happened in that spot. Because he just when he looked through it, he just saw like the tail flash by. Uh-huh. He was like, oh. maybe he's been very careful since now not to walk in that space. That's kind of what I figured. Well, and yeah, when Alice and Will briefly hid behind it. And then it showed them through the knot to the uh, bandersnatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the last I thought that thing. was really clever. Yeah, and it shows that the forget-me-not must project scent as well. 
Why is that? Just because he put his nose through the knot first? Because he was <laughs> sniffing them out. And uh, if it were just an image, yeah. then it wouldn't have worked as a distraction, theoretically. Mm. <laughs> Although, oh, now I'm going to have to go they, back and look because I feel like he actually did say something. I feel like the Grendel said something about smelling something. I think he oh. was just quoting what well, he said back then. Yeah. Maybe I was joking when I started saying that, and then I thought, maybe they tried to imply that scent came through it on purpose. <laughs> So, I don't Maybe. know. I don't but know. either way. Because <laughs> he did say, oh, you smell lovely. At first, I thought he was a creep, and I didn't know what he was looking at. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what they want you to think, because that was before we knew that was him in the forget me You mind. smell yeah. lovely, like the day that I cooked you. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ugh. <laughs> but, but, you know, that, oh, what a heartbreaking thing, though. Yeah. Because that he was, was that his man. wife. And... He just couldn't let this go. Was oh, this is a production question? Did he? Did the same guy that played Grindel? Mm-hmm. Um, did he play the guy that was not Grindel but himself before he was Grindel? Yeah. Did I ask that right? Yes. In the I confused myself. In the Forget Me Not, <laughs> the voice is the same. Okay. Yeah. I thought they looked the same. I mean, not identical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I thought he looked like two different versions. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't a very nice compliment, the way that came out, but you get the idea. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's nice. I like that. Meanwhile, while this is going on, the Red Queen and Jafar are having this nice little dinner in front of Genie. With their centerpiece. He was invited, to be fair. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they would have allowed him to eat. I know. I kind of wish he'd just been like, cool, let me out. (laughs) Beyond the magical barrier do that silver yeah <laughs> but there was a great once upon a time crossover here oh jafar said you mean jafar jafar, jafar. said to uh, to cyrus he said you should know more than anyone else magic always comes with a price yes my mind just kind of glossed right over that because i've been hearing that for so long so on once upon a time right What's also a cool crossover with the same character, it's Rumpelstiltskin, who says that so much in Once Upon a Time. But another crossover, kind of back to Rumpelstiltskin, is that the Caterpillar loves to make deals. Yes. That's oh, true. And Rumpelstiltskin point. loves that, too. So, yeah, speaking of that dinner and the conversation, I have a question about Jafar. Mm-hmm. Is he or is he not a genie? I think he is, because he said, later, I would feel it. Or I would know it if she made a wish. Right. Yeah. I think he is a genie. And I think his necklace, that thing that I said about his necklace oh, kind of proves it. Genie necklace. Genie necklace. <laughs> and the he, fact that he said, I would know it if she made a wish. So why does he want to own Cyrus's magic? I think he just wants to be a power, like a more powerful genie than he already so, is. Like a combination of his magic and cyrus's magic and then he can change the rules of magic and then blah sorry to the people who don't watch once upon a time but this is kind of like rumpelstiltskin in that like Hmm. rumpelstiltskin has a dagger and jafar has a lamp or a bottle that nobody knows about otherwise they would be able to control him so maybe he hides his bottle so nobody can control him Hmm. and he's wanting to gain more power by gaining the 
like the power of another genie. So he'll be like two times the genie he is now. It's good that not all genies do that because then if every genie hid their bottle, no genie would ever be able to belong to anybody and nobody <laughs> would ever get wishes. We wouldn't have any tales from Arabian Nights. It, it could be a combination of different kinds of magic. That It's a combination of his dark magic plus Cyrus's, let's assume, we'll label it. Good magic. Oh, good genies and bad genies. That's yeah. an interesting idea. Yeah, so maybe when he does both of them, like Star Wars, I'm, I have to make a Star Wars <laughs> reference here because I've got other things on my list. I've got other Star Wars references. Star Wars references. I have yeah. a Star Wars <laughs> reference. Probably, <laughs> probably the same. <laughs> Aaron, you better have a Star Wars reference. Make one up if you don't have one. But the okay. reason I bring up Star Wars is Anakin was considered to be the one to bring balance to the Force. And why does the Force even have to be balanced? Well, Anakin was also kind of, it seemed like, maybe the most powerful Jedi. All of these different things that if you can wield the power of light and dark, which that's a crossover to Once Upon a Time as well. Henry. Then maybe that makes you even more powerful, undefeatable, and allows you to change the rules of magic. Jeremy, you mentioned Arabian Nights, and I would like to kind of extend that a little bit. Mm. Um, I, did you notice that the uh, first guy who confronts Will in Underland, his name was Nazim? Oh. Oh, what's that from? That's, tell me. Well, I, I went, I went on YouTube and I looked up clips from Aladdin and it's not exactly the same, but it's very similar. The, the humble thief that first tries to enter the, um... Cave of Wonders. His name is Gazim. Hmm. So it's very much it's it's very similar, but not the same. It's at least sort of has the that same type of name. Yeah. yeah. Nazim and Gazim. Okay, so that guy. That guy. That actor. Was he not in Elf? Like <laughs> for Elf fans, which I don't know how much crossover there is. I think he's the guy in the mailroom. I'll just throw that out there. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you were a true elf fan, you'd be laughing. Well, let's talk about some of the Star Wars crossovers from this. Jabba the Hutt! Yeah. (laughs) Jabba the Hutt. (laughs) Caterpillar the Hutt. Yeah, and the Caterpillar equals Jabba the Hutt. In our forums and chat room, they've come up with the new nickname for the Caterpillar since he's like Jabba the Hutt. Jabba Pillar. Mm-hmm. Jabba Pillar. Yeah, and I think I think Jabba Pillar wanted a new like Princess Leia dancer because he was going to accept Alice for payment. Yeah, and <laughs> in Star Wars, wasn't Leia like a form of a payment to him? Was she? I couldn't I don't remember. remember. I think she was just the spoil of a new capture. <laughs> nice. But also, Obi's Grill in our forums pointed out that Will is kind of like the Han Solo because he has a bounty on his head. Oh, true. Kind of. He is. For, for stolen goods. Yeah. And he's kind of a scoundrel. And, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's funny. But here's a really cool Star Wars reference. I didn't get until Rumpel's Girl pointed it out. When... Re- Rumpel's Girl said this, when Red Queen is flipping through her book of monsters, she stops and discusses using the Sarlacc. Do you know what that is? 
No, I meant to look it up. That's the pit monster from Tatooine, <laughs> where Jabba the Hutt was pushing Leia or Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and all of them down into the pit. Oh, you mean the spiky pit? Yeah. So she was thinking of sticking a small planet on Alice? Because <laughs> that... Oh, wait. No, because it wasn't... I'm thinking of the wrong giant ground-dwelling <laughs> Star Wars creature that eats people and ships and things. Oh, so, okay. So they could have she, thrown her into... Yeah. She did... <laughs> she, uh, yeah, she did say that it takes lots of time to digest... You. I'm pretty sure almost anyone would use a wish to get out of that. But was the picture same? Was the picture the same? I I couldn't quite see the picture because I think that's when the picture the you saw the book from an angle, so it was a lot harder to see the picture. Okay. But we do have some screenshots of the book pages that we'll put in the show notes for this episode at wonderlandpodcast.com/slash/six that you can check out. Yeah, the Sarlacc was right in the same part of Star Wars as Jabba the Hutt. That's kind of funny. Wow. I have to point out the other sci-fi reference they made in this scene, which is pretty funny coming from British people. (laughs) When they walked down into the Underland, she said, it's bigger than it looks from the outside. (laughs) Yeah. Hello, Doctor Who. (laughs) So, Wonderland has an Underland. Mm -hmm. Kind of like Atlanta has an underground Atlanta. Do you think it's just this place is called Underland and it's like the gathering place? Well, he just called it the Underland. I think that's just like the slang name for it, maybe. Okay. So it's not like a whole underground I was gonna say, I think city I see or movement or something like that. You can't just go Underland anywhere. I think it's right there. Yeah. And that's just what they call it. The Underland. <laughs> the Enchanted Head thing. <laughs> Well, we've seen... Would you really call that that? enchanted? Well, it it was cut off in some enchanted way. And we've seen that happen in Wonderland before. Not in this TV series, but in Once Upon a Time. Mm -hmm. Could somebody please stick an apple in its mouth? (laughs) Okay. I think it would still scream. (laughs) Maybe. Why was it screaming without stopping? Because it's job... I mean, um, the (laughs) (laughs) the caterpillar said that there are worse fates than death. So maybe that's why he was screaming. That's also what happened to Jefferson in the episode of Once Upon a Time, Hattrick, yeah, when but his when, head was cut off. But he, well, dare I say, kept his head about it. <laughs> no, he, wasn't he screaming? No. He was no. screaming. He kinda, he was, well, he was screaming, I'm alive! But it wasn't screaming like that guy okay. was. Yeah. He was kind of like, oh, oh. Like, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm not dead. I always imagined when an axe passed through my neck, I would be dead. Yep. So the the caterpillar wants the knot, but he doesn't get it, of course. Mm-hmm. But moving on from there, except to say how smart Alice is, which he also pointed out. Oh yes, I'm loving how smart they're making her. Yeah, they are yeah. making her very smart. She's a clever girl. Yeah, and Iggy Pop is doing a pretty good job with the voice. Iggy the voice Pop. is very different. I mean, it's. I like di- it. Yeah, I like it. I think it works for the caterpillar. Mm-hmm. I liked him a lot better than I thought I was going to. He's like... I really was having a hard time imagining the caterpillar having <laughs> much of a role in this show. <laughs> yeah, he seems to be kind of the like the, the um, mob boss in the show. 
the the job of the hut of the show. <laughs> I mean, like I I can see him just being the one that's always going to be after Will in some way until Will can maybe uh like pay back his debt. Maybe that will be a plot line to follow in the episode. When Will was talking and they were going to the Grindel's house. Do you think there's anything to what he said? What if I told you that you could be with Cyrus at the expense of others? Do you think... Which I, I had a hard time understanding why he would say that. Because mm-hmm. it was kind of random. It wasn't connected to anything they were talking about. It just seemed like he got that from thin air. Yeah, it's a good mm-hmm. question. I think it seems like he either knows or is considering that he may have to sacrifice himself in order for Alice and Cyrus to be reunited because he knows the red queen. Mm -hmm. Right. Which he hasn't exactly let on, but I imagine he understands that he does. Yeah. Alice doesn't know who Anastasia is. So Alice may not even know the red queen and will's full history. Hmm. I don't doubt that she doesn't. I really she doesn't seem to know. No, I don't think she knows. No, but I, I liked that conversation a lot. It's kind of a good, a good pep talk for life, preparing for future <laughs> scenarios, and just knowing ahead of time what you're willing to do and what you're not willing to do, so that your standards are set before yeah. you need to rely on them. Yep. When they were in with the Grendel, do you know what a Grendel is? It's from Beowulf. Yep. Yeah. So they're pulling out all sorts of references here. (laughs) Did you want to shed more light on it than that? Oh, not necessarily. Everybody can look up Beowulf for themselves. Although I must say that everything I know about Beowulf, I learned from Star Trek Voyager. (laughs) (laughs) The episode of Heroes and Demons, season one, Star Trek Voyager, it'll give you a crash course on Beowulf. (laughs) I, I didn't remember that. There was a lost reference in there. Oh. Um, when Will woke up in the Grendel's house, the camera zoomed oh. in on his eye as he woke up. Oh yeah, they like they do like oh. doing that. Yeah, they do. That's in Once Upon that was, a Time too. Yeah, <laughs> I thought it was funny that I could tell whose eye it was. Yeah, eyes are so unique. <laughs> but Will said that he feels like the Grendel looks, so he feels ugly. For losing his true love. Or just destroyed. Maybe he just feels wretched. And he was just implying that the Grendel looks wretched. Because he did. I just thought it was really sad. But do you think he's still feeling it? I think he's still feeling it. I think he's still bitter. Yeah, it was present tense. It's pretty clear that he's still bitter about it. He's hurt over it. He's not letting it go. Otherwise, he'd be really lighthearted about it. And he wouldn't keep the story from Alice. He would just tell her. Yeah, And the way that he looks at the Red Queen when he has the forget-me-not, which yeah. at that point in the episode, the first time we watch it, we don't know their yeah. background. Mm-hmm. But then going back and re-watching it, you can realize he that... He looks repulsed by her. Yeah. Or regretful in some way, mm-hmm. hurt. He looks really angry at her, like he's still like brooding. Yeah. And I I think that when we... Uh, speaking of like more maybe to the Red Queen, when Jafar and the Red Queen go to get the Bandersnatch, which by the way was awesome to see that <laughs> brought in. When they when Red Queen started talking about 
here's a monster that will terrify her, almost <laughs> killed her as a child. I wondered, are they going to say Jabberwocky? I thought I that too. I wondered too. Especially the nightmare thing. Mm-hmm. But Aaron, what's the background on the Bandersnatch? Um, it's in the same poem. It's in the Jabberwocky poem in the book Through the Looking Glass. But the more of the detail is from a separate work that Lewis Carroll did. So it is his character. But they just mention it um, in the poem. In It's at the last line of the first uh, verse, I guess, of the poem. But then when they're talking about the the uh white the red or sorry when they're talking about the white queen the white king says she runs so fearfully quick she might as well try to catch a bandersnatch Hmm. so it's very minimal reference there's no picture of it in the book but it is uh from that jabberwocky poem so no connection to alice other than alice reads the poem uh, in the mirror, like it's a backwards poem at the beginning, and she realizes that she's gone through the looking glass, so she has oh, to put yeah. it up to the up to the mirror to read it. Um, huh. So no, she doesn't. Uh, she doesn't even come come into contact with the actual beast in the books. So here are a couple interesting thoughts from that conversation. Red Queen said that the Bandersnatch almost killed Alice as a child. So not only did that happen, but Red Queen knows about it. And she also said, I know this girl. Mm. So they have a history possibly when Alice was little. Yeah. Which is interesting. Either that or or that news has been passed on to her. Could be. Yeah. But there's some history there, which is going to be interesting Well, if Alice and Will are together when they encounter the red queen and well, it's kind of like you know her she you did her? she did um at the end alice said that she planned on visiting the red queen and it sounded like mm. like she knew her like like she was surprised that the red queen would do this because she she knew her i mean it sounded that way to me it sounded like she'd met the red queen before maybe she knew her at a time when she was not so obviously evil yeah mm-hmm. maybe so but didn't know her as the queen. Right. But also didn't know her as Anastasia, obviously. Right. Right. But in the pilot, the Red Queen shows up uh, to kill Cyrus. So she she knows that she's obviously evil enough that she yeah. killed or Alice thought she killed Cyrus. And then even when she shows up, it's not like she was a stranger to Alice. Like Alice knew she was... It was going to be a battle. She knew she was to be feared in that scene. Mm-hmm. So she has some kind of history with her. And then there's that whole part where Alice is talking about <laughs> hitting the Red Queen's face with a stick. <laughs> and said face meets said branch. <laughs> I love how Thanks Alice talks. I love it. Yeah. I mean, it, even at some point, Aaron, I noticed in your notes, you said... You made notes of her saying, where do we find this terrible, useful item? I love how Alice talks. I love it. I just thought that was like bad line. Like, not not the way she said it, just that it was written at all. Oh, (laughs) that's funny. It sounded sort of storybookish. It did, and I I totally enjoyed it. I'm I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. I liked her sarcasm in that scene, too. (laughs) Like, oh, that is magic. (laughs) So when Red Queen and Jafar go to get the Bandersnatch, 
Jafar starts talking about the Red Queen. And the first time I watched it, I just thought it was Jafar was like, hey, baby. But (laughs) no, he seems to be able to tell that there's something Red Queen is hiding. Hmm. Something about her. Mm -hmm. Because also later on when they're in the Grendel's cabin and they're both looking at Grendel and he refers to the knave. Jafar looks over at Red Queen, but she doesn't move. She just looks over with her eyes, kind of like, uh, whoops. <laughs> like, I wanted to keep that a secret that there's this Knave character. So there's something she's hiding. Maybe it's just simply that she had a relationship with the Knave. Maybe it's how she came to power that mm-hmm. she's not actually the rightful ruler. Yeah, she did mm-hmm. sort of react when she found out that Will was helping Alice. And I missed that the first time. Mm-hmm. But she did actually react. Yeah. Like Will. Sort of like Will when he reacted to seeing her through the forget-me-not. And she didn't know that Will was helping. Nope. Which you know what that means? What? The rabbit is on our side. Because the rabbit... Let's go back to the pilot episode. Uh-huh. The rabbit said, Alice needs you to Will knave of hearts and the rabbit said alice is back in wonderland he communicated that to the red queen he never told anything to the red queen about the knave of hearts being back you don't think he just left it out because he was a little bit absent-minded no i think that's his piece in the game i think so he brought will because he knew their connection and he knew will is maybe the only one who can defeat red queen that's so you think that he wanted to bring a person into Wonderland that would be connected to both Alice and the Red Queen. Right. And maybe so the one person. you think he person, knows? Yeah, maybe he does. Huh. Yeah. That's an interesting thought. That so is very interesting. While he he's being kind of a double agent then, mm-hmm. he's reluctantly serving the queen i mean we can see how reluctant he is and he wants out of that agreement but he's reluctantly doing that but at the same time he's hiding some cards okay so you think some chess pieces whatever game metaphor you (laughs) want to use so you think the next time they'll meet alice will be really mad and he'll tell her all that yeah okay i'm just hoping that better Little bunny bones aren't going to break the next time the Red Queen meets with him. Yeah. <laughs> you hope she doesn't start splitting hairs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, what if what if she, um, you're talking about if the queen finds out that the rabbit brought Will? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that could be, that could get hairy. Ha ha. Dum dum. Speaking of Will, he said, I'm good with monsters. Yeah. So I imagine there are monsters in his past we'll see at some point, potentially. Is he meaning that literally? That's true. (laughs) Yeah, literally or figuratively. Yeah. But Wonderland certainly has its share of strange creatures and monsters. And yeah. And Underland, it seems to be filled with monster like people. (laughs) (laughs) Although there's an element of convenience to the monsters in Wonderland, apparently, because when the Bandersnatch died, instead of having this gigantic body taking up the entire dining room, it disappeared. <laughs> Poof. I think that's very convenient. And then convenient. its mate. I know. Died. died. Yeah. I know. And I wondered if that's foreshadowing 
to say that if Cyrus is in trouble, Alice is in trouble, and vice versa. Maybe because they're connected. Wait, are you saying that one of them is a... Are you saying that they're bandersnatches? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm saying their hearts are linked. So if one of them dies, maybe the other one does too. Oh, so like mating for life in oh. Wonderland means if one dies, the other does too. Maybe it's just a similar concept. That reminds me of the movie Dragonheart, which is where a dragon ends up giving part of his heart, half of his heart to save this prince who turns into an evil king. And sorry, I'm giving away this very old movie. It's from the 80s or 90s. It's fine. So are you. But who's the voice of the dragon again? uh, Sean Connery. Right. Yeah. But um, the way it ends up is that you kill the king, this evil king. You kill the dragon. You kill the dragon. You kill the evil king. Yeah. Hmm. And you don't want to because their hearts are the same. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the one's good and the other's bad, they both die. Are we to take from the Jafar and Red Queen scene that she just has all of those creatures locked up somewhere that she can just release at any time? It's possible. <laughs> Maybe that's a book of, of like, <laughs> the one she has. All of her creatures in captivity. <laughs> so does she have the, uh, the Star Wars creature in captivity as well? <laughs> How'd she get her hands on that? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a good point because. It must be her place because when Jafar jammed his staff down out of anger, the shockwave from that hit his castle, not came from his castle. I was originally thinking, that's odd that you see the shockwave hit the castle instead of coming from yes. the castle where where they, uh, Cyrus was. They were going back and forth. But do you consider that to be Jafar's castle or just a prison? I think that's Jafar's dwelling in Wonderland. Yeah. Did it look like a lamp to you? Or, an, yeah, or a bottle? A little bit, yeah. It looked like the bottle, kind of. Yeah, I know. that, And we'll have the screenshots in the show Maybe that is well. his bottle. <laughs> and nobody knows it. So I they're not... biggened it. <laughs> I made it look like a building. <laughs> Just try and wish on it. You'll have to shout really loud. <laughs> when Jafar mentioned, and we talked about this a little earlier, but when he mentioned that he would know whether Alice used his wishes... I noticed that he looked at his serpent staff. Yes, he did. As if there's some kind of power in it that would tell him or something that he could see that the the, the serpent eyes might glow or something that in some way he would know that a wish was used. He looked at it like, I would know unless the Wi-Fi is down. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> Jafar is going <laughs> Jafar is learning now everything about Will so that's going to give him some extra power over Will stuff that and over the Red Queen yes. yeah depending on what uh, Java Pillar knows about <laughs> Will yeah and depending on her relationship with Will because if she was evil and just using him, then she would just be like, oh, yeah, I used him. Or if 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 Will's actually a weakness of hers, then mm. then that would be trouble for her. Her face, actually, when he was mentioned, would maybe indicate that he might be kind of a weakness. Because she didn't just sort of set her jaw like, oh, another 
person I'm going to crush. <laughs> it was sort of concern. Hmm. I think she knew that he loved him or her. Yeah, I think she knew that he loved her. So either, you know, even if she played him, I think that would affect how she felt about him, knowing that he was genuine, even though she was not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we've had some great conversation here on this episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, Forget Me Not. And now it's your chance to continue the conversation either in the comments on the show notes over at Once Podcast, either over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash six, or also join in on the forums at wonderlandpodcast.com slash forums. We'd love to have you participating in the conversation there. Keep our feedback information handy as well so that you can contact us with your theories and observations after each episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland airs. You can email with, please put the episode title in the subject line of the email, but email to feedback at wonderlandpodcast.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221. You can also go to wonderlandpodcast.com on your computer or iOS device and send a voice message right from the website to us. And just get that message to us before 2 p.m. on the Sunday after Once Upon a Time in Wonderland airs, because that's our cutoff time for feedback for the podcast, which we record the podcast live Sunday evenings at 6 p.m. Eastern Time over at wonderlandpodcast.com slash live. And we'd love to have you join us. We've got a bunch of people joining us right now. Thank you so much for joining us for the live show. And we'd love to have you part of that too. And we chat live during the Once Upon a Time in Wonderland airing on ABC on Thursday nights. Now, a little announcement here though. This Thursday night, there won't be any episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland on October 31st. So there won't be any episode of Wonderland podcast then after that, but we'll be back with the discussion of the fourth episode the following weekend. So we'll be taking a week off, but we'll be back after this. But that'll give you opportunity to make sure that you check out some of the old episodes if you're trying to catch up, join the forums, chat there, share your thoughts and theories, and send us your feedback when the next episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland airs. And we'd love to include your feedback with us. And we'll have spoilers after the music. Please follow us on Twitter at Wonder Podcast, and you can follow each of us on Twitter. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Please follow me on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. You can follow me on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Jenny, and you can follow me at Twitter.com slash Jenny Snook. And I'm Aaron, and you can follow me on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. Check out the show notes at wonderlandpodcast.com slash six. And remember to send us your feedback for the next episode of Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. And until next time, remember, the only thing better than defeating a monster is never having to fight one in the first place. And thanks for listening.
Wonderland Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. And also check out how you can vote for our shows in the podcast awards at wonderlandpodcast.com slash podcast awards. Hi, Wanderers. Hunter Hathaway here with your spoilers for Wonderland Podcast. Season 1, Episode 4, The Serpent, is directed by Ralph Hemlicker and written by Jan Nash. This episode will air on November 7th. The ABC official press release states, When the knave's life is in danger, Alice has to make the tough decision on whether to use one of her three precious wishes and what that could mean for her and Cyrus. Her new friendship with Lizard reveals some of the knave's backstory and Cyrus plots to escape. Meanwhile, Jafar's plan to kill the knave puts the Red Queen in a difficult position as she grapples with her feelings for him and her desire to get what she wants. In flashback, we explore Jafar's origins and find out what he truly wants from Cyrus. Guest stars for this episode include Lauren McKnight as Lizard, Zulakia Robinson as Amara, Maddie Finocchio as Tweedle No. 1, Ben Cotton as Tweedle No. 2, Brian George as Old Prisoner, Hugo Steele as Orden, Harun Khan as Blacksmith, Anthony Kivan as Young Jafar, Cedric D'Souza as Akil, Marco Serrano as Jard, Kevin Blatch as Executioner, Danny Watley as Jafar's Servant, Alicia Thorne Grimmonson as Citizen, Peter Hall as President, Forbes Angus as Villager, and Christian Bauer as Drunken Guard. In casting news, Whoopi Goldberg is set to bring the White Rabbit's wife to life. TV Line reports that Mrs. White Rabbit will make her debut in the 8th episode in both the current storyline and in flashbacks. Australian actress Peta Sargent will be joining the cast. Details on her character have not been released, but she will be a force of nature in Wonderland. This is set to be a recurring role. Well, that's all I have for you today. Don't forget you can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. Until next time.